G'day, this is Tino Beth from the Quantum Feedback Podcast, episode number 19. Welcome to the Quantum Feedback Podcast, where together we'll explore the bridge between science and spirituality, translate the messages of the divine, and play the infinite game to live, love, and learn life lessons. I'm your host, Tino Beth. Let's dial in to quantum feedback. Welcome to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by the Quantum Feedback Framework. It's a framework for helping you to understand your reality, helping you to understand the impact that you have with your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. And it helps you to picture, mentally visualize, and to hold that with you throughout your day, your life, and your journey. So to take that lesson, to take that framework, and to upgrade your operating system so that you're filtering the information from your environment using the framework, go to quantumfeedback.org forward slash framework. Today's guest is Ryan Lazarus. He's a certified functional medicine practitioner, a board-certified nutrition specialist, but more so he's a health consultant and a researcher and a family man and an entrepreneur, and he currently lectures regarding neuroplasticity and functional medicine and nutritional strategies. So he's a prime candidate to have a deep dive and a conversation into the nature of this reality and how we influence it and how it influences us. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Ryan Lazarus. Ryan Lazarus here on the podcast today. And Ryan's going to introduce us to what he's been doing on the other side of the world, which is chiropractic work and really taking, um, take integrating the new look in biology and the new look in quantum physics into, um, into you know, chiropractic stuff. I don't know. Tell us a little bit more about what you're working on, Ryan, at the moment, and um, and I'm sure we'll get through this little bumpy start. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, quickly on me, um, I have a, a unique story like we all do, and um, and I've been challenged personally, um, and and still challenged every day, and and uh, it is my my purpose. Uh, it is spent many years figuring out what my purpose was and, and it's, it's very clear. And so my purpose and my goal is to really share health information with, uh, my patients first off, and then, you know, my family and my friends, and then now, you know, everyone that's listening, uh, because in where I live, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of conventional wisdom. Um, and really, there's just um, a lot of crap information that um, I'm trying to have m- my listeners kind of get through this and, and say, well, what do I what do I need to do to be healthy? And so that's what I'm spending a lot of my time and my energy on right now. Amazing. Is, is there like a, um, you know, like a trauma to transformation story like with yours? Because I know that that's a pretty common theme in terms of like how we get to where we are. Like, let's go back a little bit and talk, talk about the, like sort of the hero's journey of how you got to, you know, where you are today. Yeah. Mine, uh, 
Mine was uh, when I was 17 and I was um, a very active athlete and had a, a promising soccer career, American soccer. I played American football, American soccer, and then baseball and um, thought I had it all figured out. The path was there. I was on my way to, to play soccer in college. And uh, one night um, it all changed. It was a, a very, very serious sports accident. And uh, essentially I crushed my organs and they they figured this out 24 hours later and i spent night one night not knowing what was going on and it was the most painful night i could you could ever imagine um but they finally figured it out my my organs had essentially been crushed i was internally bleeding they finally figured it out and they did emergency surgery cut me open and, and removed um my pancreas and my spleen and and changed my life like that and um so i became you know a diabetic and had digestive failure and i'm still an insulin dependent diabetic and i still deal with a, a not normal functioning digestive system but i heard a lot of talk about you know conventional doctors telling me this is how it's going to be and this is how you're going to live and just plugging this this faulty software into my brain and uh, and believed in it because they were doctors in white lab coats and and saying you know you went through this and this is what you can expect and and so you know what happens when you hear that and and you don't have the the right operating system you you believe it and you manifest it right and so my journey over the last I mean this happened when I'm 17 I'm 43 now so spent you know the the last 17 years of my life now trying to rewrite that software. And what I've learned uh, is how the body works, um, how the mind works, how the spirit works, how the soul works. And, and I, I'm still learning like we all are, but what I learned, I apply to myself and I I've healed myself um, about as, I don't want to say about as far as I can go. We're all, I'm always trying to heal more, but um applying it, but then realizing more people need to know about this because it's not just me. It's really everybody. And in America, you know, it's, it's the name blame tame game. It's, they go into the doctor, to the conventional doctor, you name the problem, you blame it and you tame it, right? It's a pill for an ill that's Western medicine. And, and so, and that's, that's fine in emergency medicine. You know, you, there's an infectious disease and trauma. It's great. We'll save your life. But when it comes to presenting with you know, these 50 symptoms of people that aren't living correctly with depression and anxiety and, and digestive problems and, you know, you name it, really. I mean, there's a pill for everything. Uh, there, there are better ways than the way that that is kind of used conventionally here. And so that's, that's what I do is I teach people and it's mind, body, spirit. And it's not just throwing it out there as some, you know, trendy triad of holistic health uh it truly is mind body and spirit and uh and i'm always learning the more i learn the less i understand and that's keeping me grounded but i love it every single day so yeah i'm happy to share with whatever whatever questions you have yeah interesting it's like um i was just making the connections between this whole mind body spirit thing you're talking about and that authority you know like that you know that authority figure that you encountered that is really just set up in society at the moment to, you know, um, author the script, you know, author the next trajectory. Yeah. And, 
you know, that, that whole mind, body, spirit thing, that triad that you're talking about really, I, I suppose is the ultimate authorship. It like is your own, you know, become is a stepping stone to becoming the authority of your own life. I'd, I'd suggest, Hey. Yeah. You know, um, it's powerful what you believe, right? I mean, mm. uh, when you, uh, when you are given, uh, by an authority figure, what they believe will happen. Um, I, I personally think it can be extremely detrimental to one's soul. Um, and someone can hold on to that for many years and it could be an emotional thing and a mental thing, a physiological thing. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily need to be a doctor, right? It could be a parent or a coach or, a, you know, I mean, we all go through this as, you know, gr- growing individuals and kids and adolescents and hearing things and downloading that and putting it down there. Right. And then, then as an adult, we start expressing those behaviors and, you know, and that's where, you know, setting intentions and, and, you know, kind of rewriting that software that we've downloaded with the new software, uh, becomes really, really important. Hmm. Hmm. Totally. And it, do you have any, um, have you found any ways to like help write that, write a new narrative, write a new software into the, um, the physiology of the body? Like, is there certain like techniques and tools or like patterns that you've recognized in terms of like helping to release stuck areas or what, what, how's that, how's that quite Well, I work? can speak from, you know, there's the, the, the conventional, you know, psychotherapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, right. And, um, you know, and tapping and, and emotional freedom technique and, um, you know, you know, hypnotism and psychedelics. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to kind of uncover those things. Um, and, you know, I've tried a little bit of all of them. Um, really what spoke to me is, you know, um, certain medicines, certain plant medicines have, have really helped me kind of go into my subconscious and kind of uncover that, you know, remove the default mode network and, um, and, and take a deep dive about really what's going on in the shadows of, of what the trauma that had been suppressed and, the, and those opinions that I had heard. Um, and so, you know, I think it's different for, for every single person. Um, but you know, my role is, you know, I kind of, I stay in my lane, you know, I, I'm a nutritionist and I do functional medicine. And I run labs and I work on people's body. Um, and I will give them and advocate um, some great, you know, mind spirit um, recommendations. But you know, when it comes to administering any of those things, that's where I say, "Hey, you need to go see the professional." Mm. Um, but for me personally, you know, it, um, removing that default mode network and have the subconscious and the conscious brain talking provided clarity for me. So. Mm. And interesting. <laughs> Just trying to see like, yeah, I'm, I'm always on that fi- fact finding mission as well. You know, like in these conversations, I'm trying to find my own, you know, scratch my own itch in terms of trying to deal with my own personal sort of um, rewiring and, and firing off, you know, really using the old pathways to reprogram them and, and to strengthen them in different ways and to write over the, you know, those sort of like heavy childhood scripts that we inherited because they're, they're there, you know, and it's like that neural network's there, like let's tap into it as opposed to 
trying to rub it out and ignore it. And it's like, that's, I think that's something I've been doing like in my past. And then now with age, I think I'm coming to a level of maturity. It's like, no, that's a part of me. And, um, you know, it's just probably the best way to do it is just to, you know, layer in different narratives within that. And, um, you know, and that way I can steer the ship in, in my own way these days. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. I think, I think it applies to every single one of us. I mean, you know, this is why ancient cultures, no matter where you're from or almost era had these rites of passage that would take these individuals at these times and, and go through whatever cultural ritual they need to do to take that immature brain to the mature brain. Mm. Um, I mean, look what they did in, in, in South America and in, in, in ancient Americas and in, in Australia. I mean, they're, the, the, the mind takes and suppresses all this stuff. And it, if that is not understood, mm-hmm. um, it can play a role negatively in your life. And not everyone needs to do, you know, plant medicines and, you know, ancient um, Amazonian ceremonies or anything like that. But um, if there's a rite of passage that has been neglected um, in someone's life, then um, to, to really remove that part and understand and process it, um, it can hold on. It can hold on for the rest of their life. Um, and to your point, you know, what we're always trying to do is enhance neuroplasticity and you can in- enhance neuroplasticity in so many different ways. Um, it, you don't need to rely on an ancient, you know, ceremony or using psychedelics. I mean, that's what meditation and mindfulness practice does. Right. Um, and that's what doing certain things with their hands and sunlight does and, you know, hiking. And there's so many different things that can facilitate neuroplasticity because, as you know, the, the neurons that fire together, wire together. And those neural networks are very hard to change. But we can. We absolutely can. Um, and it's amazing when it happens because, you know, you're living in here and, you know, you're in the default matrix, right? You know, and you're used to your, these patterns of behaviors and emotions. And when you prioritize changing those and you start to see some, some empowering changes, it becomes addicting and, and you can literally rewrite your, um, your destiny with, you know, how you think and your behavior and your lifestyle and the sleep and the meditation and all of that. I mean, the new biology, like you introduced me, it's, it's epigenetics. It's changing your environment and your atmosphere it's what goes in your mouth, what we call nutrigenomics, because that plays a role in your genetic expression. And then, you know, neuroplasticity. And, and there's some really realistic, practical techniques that people can do to help kind of optimize or, or achieve their genetic potential. Mm. Is that, so tell me more about the, um, the Wellness Warrior. Is that Wellness Warrior RX? Is that where all that fits into in the, say, in the garden of your mind? Is that like, oh, that's my outlet. I can just go deep and just unleash. Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, the, it, it, you know, I was learning and I'm still learning, but I was kind of taking all this information, consolidating, aggregating it from every, from great, great, very experienced doctors and spiritual healers and, and over the last 10 years. And so I just kind of branded it my own way, right? And so it is achieving your genetic potential by running blood chemistry labs, right? Seeing what your body's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I run a microbiome test. So it's a stool test that, that shows the diversity of the microbiome. And then I run what's called genetic SNP tests. So I look at individual variances in how their metabolism works and how their brain works and how their neurotransmitters work and their hormones. 
So now I have some, some real data on each patient. And then, and then I do a physical exam and I, I, I check their coherence level by checking their heart rate and see how well they can get into a mindfulness state. I mean, it's a very, very thorough, thorough program, but they basically get grades in all these things that I identify. And I say, here's your strengths, here's your weaknesses, here's your vulnerabilities. And then I create a custom plan based on their weaknesses and vulnerabilities. It's called Wellness Warrior because my young, my son was going through martial arts at the time and I was sitting there and it was just an epiphany. I was watching them go, you know, going through the white belt and the yellow belt and the orange belt. And I'm like, that is exactly in my mind. I felt like I was kind of progressing as I was learning and we all want to be kind of this, you know, wellness warrior black belt. And so that's kind of how I just branded it that way. And so that's the program and I'm constantly changing it as, as we develop new information. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Amazing. That's, um, that's really fascinating. Can you do that remotely or how does that work? Because, you know, I'm curious about all those biomarkers for myself, uh, you know, cause yeah, I, I'm, I, you know, I've been on a boat for so long sailing around, like living this crazy different life, disconnected, like, un, um, you know, un, not utilizing these modern day, you know, diagnostic tools and stuff like that. So I'm really curious to like sort of hack my diet a little bit and, um, yeah. So is this something you can do remotely or is that something you have to take in? So, so yes, remotely in the United States. Yeah. I'll send a kit, you know, I just send the kits to them and then they go to the lab and then I get all the information as their, you know, physician and, and, and then I, you know, put it into the algorithm and it spits it out. And then I speak with them on zoom and things like that. So yes, okay. um, you know, it would be internationally. Um, it's hard because then the labs that are in America, um, you know, they would have to, I would have to, or the lab would send the kit there. Um, but it, I think it's country by country. Um, you know, I do, so I do the virtual stuff in America, uh, but that's a great question because, you know, eventually we're going to go a little bigger than that. Um, mm. But there are, I'm sure there are ways around it to gather that information. Um, I mean, I don't know about Australia, but I'm sure they have microbiome labs. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. sure of it, yeah. Uh, and then, and, you know, genetics, um, you know, it's just a simple swab. So I, I don't even have to use my, my specific labs. As long as I get that information, I can, you know, kind of see it. Then I can customize and personalize it from there. Um, so virtually, yes, internationally working on that. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. And, and what, what are the kind of like biomarkers you're looking for? Like, um, you know, like I have no idea, yeah. alkaline, alkalinity, pH, you know, re- resonance, you said like coherence, how's that? Coherence. Yeah. 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 Coherence. You know, that's kind of the, the, the objective qualitative way of looking at, can somebody get into a mindfulness state, which is essentially, you know, a synchronization of heart rate and breathing where you're in a coherent, where you're essentially your brain waves, you know, high level beta processing to eventually alpha and theta. Uh, you know, when we meditate, you know, we, we eventually want to get into these proper brain waves, which is a different level of consciousness, along with the respiratory rate. And then so it's kind of the electromagnetic signature of your heart and your respiratory rate and your heart rate and your brain waves. And so that's called coherence. Um, and we, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm plugging this into a USB and I'm checking it off their um, their earlobe. So there are more accurate ways to do it in a research setting, but it's practical in the office. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we use something called a bioimpedance analysis. It measures water and fat percentage in the body, so I can just get a good sense of their body composition. And then I move them through what's called a functional movement screen. So 
They go through eight fundamental human movements that we should be doing in a very, very cohesive kinetic chain, like an overhead squat and a lunge, and just seeing how their body moves to identify weaknesses in their kinetic chain. And then in terms of labs, I'll run inflammatory markers like HSCRP, high-sensitive C-reactive protein to see you know, systemic inflammation. I'll run things like homocysteine, which gives an indication of what's called methylation, which is kind of how their DNA works. Um, I'll run um, their vitamin D, their B12. Um, I'll run this, this typical comprehensive metabolic panel, their glucose. Um, I'll look at what's called lipoprotein, so not just total cholesterol and HDL and LDL. We take a way deeper dive to look at you know, the, this, what's called fractionization of it. Are they small, or are, which causes atherosclerosis, or are they kind of large and fluffy? So we take a deep dive in that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then the genetics, you know, looking at how they metabolize um, and absorb certain nutrients, um, you know, how they break down cortisol, uh, how the neurotransmitters work, um, how the mitochondria works. Um, so, I mean, it's not perfect, um, you know, and we're still every single month, they're developing, you know, new research or insights in how to do this. But as of right now, it's about as, as accurate and as comprehensive as, as you can get. And it's pretty powerful when, I mean, we, they get a binder that's this big and it gives them grades, A, B, C, D, F, and they look at it and they go, wow. And then I derive their biological age from that. And it's, it's powerful that it sits in front of them and says, wow, this is where I stand right now. Um, and so then they're, then they're generally motivated and I say, okay, here's what, here's what you go do. Wow. Cool. Oh man. That sounds amazing. Just to get that much feedback about, you know, your body and and what's going on. Um, yeah, I, I, (laughs) I personally believe, you know, we're at a place right now, we're at a crossroads where, you know, just, just, you know. The, the, the reactive model of just handing out things and not personalizing it is is failing our country in our, our health model. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, it has to be proactive. It has to be preventative. It has to be participatory, right? The, the patient and the listeners have to be, you know, responsible for their own health. So it's not for everybody. You know, I don't just lay it out and, and people have to make a decision, right? And they have to do it in here and in here. So it's not for everybody, but you know, if somebody laid this out in front of me, um, I would say finally, you know, here's a blueprint. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a roadmap really to like, you know, start understanding things. Cause you know, when, when we're starting to like understand our environment, understand this inner environment and the outer environment, it's all about, you know, beginning with the system and we got to gather the data really to like, mm-hmm really be able to figure out what's going on. So that sounds like a great little um, program that you've got there to get a whole bunch of data and, uh, and then course correct, build, build a path from there. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank Thank you. I Super appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, to, you know, one last thing is you'll know this better than anybody is, you know, you might have the data and you might have the plan, mm. but the implementation and the integration, that's where, that's where it's in here and in here. And that's where setting intentions and, and, mm. you know, having them write down intentions and adding, as you know, you know, an elevated emotion to that and visualization and the law of attraction and putting it into the universe or the quantum field, as you will, and, and essentially broadcasting that electro signal out there, um, that's where um, that's where the magic happens, right? 
<laughs> that is where the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think that's, that, that's, that's this shift that we're in right now. It's like 2020, like so much has happened right now in this year. But I think there's also this, this undercurrent between, you know, the knowledge of, you know, the, the unified field and the quantum field and the knowledge of the science of possibility and how we can actually utilize that. We're at this this crossroads between, you know, this old school way of thinking, which is like that Newtonian physics way of, you know, like here's a pill for, you know, your flu or whatever. Here's a vaccine for your flu. Um, between there and then, you know, the future, you know, the, the next hundred years, what potentially of, of the human development. You're absolutely right that we are, we are at a crossroads in 2020. I mean, look at just the, I mean, look at the, the symmetrical year, right. And look at what's going on. I mean, uh, it is, it's a pivot point for all of us. It truly is a pivot point. And I'm dealing with people, friends, family, and patients that just want to go back to normal, right? They want to go back to normal. And there's other people that are realizing this is, these are signs and signals and they're taking it in and they're applying it. And we have a choice. I mean, we, right. The universe is giving us a, an opportunity as a great equalizer to, to look at this and say, which, which path am I on? Um, and I, it's human nature to go back to what we know and not to change things. And so I'm trying to advocate, no, it's, it's about highlighting the things that you put off for a while. Right. I mean, with this whole COVID thing, you know, I've, I, there's like, I, I look at it and I made an infographic about the fear zone, which is what the fear zone is where everyone was at the very beginning, like blaming others and, and binge eating and drinking and watching the news and just, completely fear-based right mm. and when you do that you, you i mean as you know you, you go into fight or flight and, you, and your brain is processing it you are not allowed to move physiologically to into growth and creation which is what humans want to do to you know have self-actualization and love and, and understanding and so you know this fear has really handicapped a lot of people so i'm trying to move them into growth where it's like rechanging their habits and you know exploring a topic that they have put off for a while or or put bringing a book up that they haven't you know read or, or have put off um reevaluating their habits and, and then eventually creation which is okay i'm rewriting this this old bad software or lifestyle and take it from there and you know you know just from I guess if I had to give a percent of, of all the people that I've been advocating moving from fear to growth to creation, it's, I, you know, it's under 20% because it's hard. We are, we are wired that way. Um, and so to your point, you know, 2020 is absolutely that opportunity for a lot of people and, and you're doing great things by advocating it and sharing, you know, your knowledge and, and your passion and your framework with it. Um, because, People want it right now. People want it. There's a demand. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. There's, um, I'm just uh, like, while you're just talking there, I was reflecting on, on my experience with the 2020 COVID quarantine, you know, like, and I fully recognize that pattern where everything was so like locked down and closed. And so many people were in fear on that first, you know, on the first wave. Now the second wave, 
we've been hit by it. I don't know if you've been hit by the second wave or it's just been continuous waves for you. <laughs> but there's um I've really gone, okay, cool. You know, like acclimatize myself to this environment because you know, I've seen first of all, I've seen some information about what's going on. And I already know a whole bunch of like the back end, the, the story, the before and after the history of the world. So I was like, okay, acclimatize myself to what's going on in the environment. Cool. There's these predators and they're doing this. This is their game. Just whatever. That's cool. They can exist doing their game. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to stop us from doing our game because essentially it's just like, that's their business plan. <laughs> They've launched their product on the market and they stopped the world launching their product powerful marketing campaign by the way but um so it's like that shouldn't stop us from executing our thing you know and that's really what i took this last little like um the second wave of you know in australia we had a little second wave and took that time to like be creative like actually like dive into that whole creative thing and you know like feeling really grateful that i had the space to like you know block the world out so that I could have my own little creative bubble and um, to reinvent the new, you know, the new version, the new iteration of me that's in accord with, you know, where the world's going, you know, where I see the world's going. And um, yeah, man, it was just such an incredible experience. I just wanted to share that with everyone. Like, it's like, um, yeah, it's so exciting. <laughs> it, it it is exciting. And people think you and I are crazy because they're in a different zone or phase than us. Yeah. But um, I, I'm with you, brother. I, I feel the same way. Um, yeah, you know, I've had interviews on COVID. I have to be politically correct, you know, in, in my opinion, especially publicly about it. But I'll just say this. Um, human beings evolved with immune systems for many, many years. And... We know how to fight viruses and bacteria and parasites. And uh, there is a vulnerable population for this, but the majority of us can handle this. (laughs) Um, And so there's a lot of external stuff going on. There's a lot of power that's being pushed on us. There's a lot of um, strings that are being pulled. Um, But we have the power in here and in here to put this kind of force field on and improve ourselves. And that's at the end of the day, right? You can't stop the waves. You only can learn how to surf them and the waves keep coming and hitting and hitting. And there is just so much political and and civil unrest in our country right now. It's (laughs) it's embarrassing and it's sad. And, you know, we, we have to attach ourselves to what we know and what we believe and we have conviction for, and, and be responsible for our own health and not have somebody tell us. And that's just, that's my opinion. And mm. so I, I'm, I'm with you um, 100%. Yeah. Mm. yeah, man, you got to like, I think, you know, um, that, you know, this other threat, this other crossroads I feel that we're at is like, everyone knows the power of media. Okay. There's a, th- there's even products called like mind movies where you create your own media that helps you to create your reality. So that's the positive aspect of media, creating your own reality, creating your own media that creates your own reality. Um, But now we've got all this media out there that's 
trying to create the reality for us. We, and we, and now we've full circled on that, you know, on who's the authority in your life, you know, and if it's, and if the authority in your life is your past self, your past stories that you carry around, which is like, Hey, I can't do that. I can't change. I, I can't, you know, do some new, you know, that's not who I am. And that's, I think maybe that's like one of the biggest challenges is like introducing, you know, freaking, you know, throw a man a fishing line and, um, and teach him how to fish again, as opposed to, you know, just handing him the fish and just fattening him, fattening him up and just letting him go loose. And with, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. I think I lost the tangent there, but that consumerism of ideas Oh, it's there. It's noise. It's coming in all the time. It's, noise. <laughs> it's, and my advice to my patients, you got, you got to remove the noise. Mm. You, you have to, um, that's, that's my opinion or, or you don't have to remove it altogether, but, uh, you have to put a filter on, you have to protect your chi. You have to be very, very, um, I, be, I say, I believe nothing of what you hear and half of what you see. There's just so much confusion. And so, and, you know, with all the social media and, and you know the fake news, it's just it, it, they're, it's it's all over. And if you don't have a way to separate from that and be one with this, mm. which is, in my opinion, you know, meditation is the strongest thing. Or getting out and hiking, or you know, just just getting a break and listening to what your soul is saying. Um, then then it's an uphill battle to try to remove that. And you know, I did a I did a um, a webinar not too long ago. And it's, it's so true. And it's a cliche example, but it's absolutely true. It's like the matrix. It's here's the blue pill and here's the red pill, right? Take the blue pill, wake up tomorrow morning and pretend like nothing ever happened. Right. Or take the red pill and see how far this rabbit hole goes. Um, a lot of people want the blue pill. They just, they'd rather live their life and, and deal with that and no judgment on it, but you're going to have to deal with the consequences of taking that pill, the red mm. pill. You don't have to go so deep that you're paranoid, but enough that you challenge things, right? You're challenging conventional wisdom. You're saying, you know, does this apply to me? Is this right? I mean, just having a skeptical, you know, um, ear with kind of understanding how humans and how the primitive humans lived, you know, that it's the, it's the balance. And so, um, you know, we're, we're being provided those pills right now. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was even, I was even going to go so far as to say there should be a third pill. Yeah, you know, because like, you know, if anyone presents me with an option to take A or B, I'm like, well, what's the third option? Because yeah. seriously, I'm going to create the third option here because, you know, you're giving me yeah. limited options here, my friend. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know what? I think the third pill is the green pill, and that's basically what you and I are advocating which is the happy medium, right? <laughs> I, I know all the challenges and the barriers to doing this. And I've gone down that rabbit hole and lost sleep all night long because worrying about that. So here's the blue, here's the red, here's the green. So that's actually a great point. You know, we're giving people the green pill. Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, huh. So um, let's talk about the quantum field for a little bit and how that ties into everything we've just talked about because 
really that's this field of exploration that you know we're on the precipice on we're on the frontier of and I feel like the more that we can include that into our everyday conversation, the more that we can recognize that field within us, um, the more that we can get in touch with, you know, our own journey with our own, you know, spiritual energetic essence, you know, the more readily we'll go into, you know, the unknown (laughs) essentially and, and trust that everything's going to work out because, you know, we've been doing the work, we've been planting the seeds and laying out the course of the future. And, and that's really like this next evolutionary jump is going from like this industrialized model of society to, you know, this, you know, renaissance of artistic expression and entrepreneurial activity, you know, because that's really at the end of the day, that's really, I was going to say all there is, but, um, Mm -hmm all there is really like you finding you what you're passionate about what your purpose is and and diving into that so i don't know where you want to pick off on the rain but yeah well i think passion and purpose um is the is one of the first steps of broadcasting that to however you want to term it whether it's the quantum field or the universe or the ether or whatever right i mean essentially um, we have the, the law of attraction is real. Okay. It is, it, it, if you put it out there all of a sudden and you believe it, right. Again, if, if there are clear intentions and you add the real, um, emotions, excitement and passion and joy and love, um, to those things and, and you visualize it, and you meditate on it, and you journal it, or you make a mind movie, or you, you, you are basically setting the path, and your brain does not know the difference. It, it, I mean, this is clear. This is not, you know, some voodoo, you know, dogma. This is now science about what, that we are energy, and we broadcast that energy, and, and all of a sudden, you know, the path is a little bit clearer as we navigate our daily life, where, we are awake and not asleep. And so we're, we're kind of take these signs and signals and opportunities and even problems and issues, right? It's not all perfect from there, but those are now, you know, I define those as lessons. Everything is lessons that you're just taking this information, all the software, because you have this operating system, you have a path that is clear or getting clear that you're manifesting mm-hmm. and it's just you're, you're kind of taking all this information and you're using your intuition and your heart and you're just kind of navigating it and you know it's not a it's not a religious thing it's it, it, it doesn't have to be it can be you know it's a it's a spiritual thing it's that there is a higher power and there, there are energy fields that uh, return the energy that we are putting out and um, it happens to heal people. For, I mean, it's been talked about for years now about how it can heal people. But even just manifesting about a professional or a personal goal or whatever you want to do, mm. um, I, tr- I truly believe that is the X factor in accomplishing whatever you want in life. Mm. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, it, it goes back to... I think it's actually naturally built into the human body when it's not 
being overrun by the programming of the media. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you have like that traumatic, um, you know, event that you have happened to you where you got crushed. So, um, sorry to hear about that, man. Um, it, it happened for a reason. Um, you know, and, and I had a car accident and, you know, they were like, Oh, you're, you're going to have, you've got brain damage, you know, you're going to have trouble. And, and I was like, what? No, go away. <laughs> You know, like just ignore those guys. <laughs> um, yes, easier said than done. But um, I mean, you, you've heard so many. I don't. I assume that you know we've heard of these out of body near death experiences where their soul and their spirit is removed. And I, I, I would say I maybe tasted that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a long story what happened to me, but I was definitely um, that did not happen to me. But I had that epiphany where I, something was wrong. I knew it. I was, I was basic. My brain shut off um, after they realized what had happened. And I don't remember any of the conversations that happened prior for me to go in into surgery. But it happened, you know, within an hour um, after they saw with his CT scan. Point is, is that um, when I came out of it and realized what had happened and the pain was gone and I was cut open, I was in intensive care there was this kind of reborn um, realm that, that happened. And I said, I am, I I'm living my life this way in this way in this way. Right. Because it w- tomorrow is not guaranteed. And I felt it. And I know people have felt it to a whole nother level that you can hear interviews on and you, you can speak to that w- that went away as I was getting all my training in school and like, you know, kind of downloading all that default and, and then realizing this is what I actually need. I felt that. And, and this is the way that I'm doing it now is, is kind of pulling up that, that feeling and now applying it. Um, mm. And you don't, but for the listeners or my patients or, you know, any one of my friends or family, you don't have to have that experience to have it. You can do it by, by using a certain framework, right? Mm. Um, by prioritizing ways to remove the noise and find clarity inside. And, um, you know, it's usually the people that are outspoken about it that have felt it, right? Like you and I, um, but it, that's, we're the minority. There's a lot of people that just kind of need that opportunity to, to feel it. And, um, and when they do, and they have that purpose, right? And that passion. Um, and then they go through the necessary steps um, to, 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 to put that in the quantum field. And that's, that's life-changing right there. Mm. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta go through the steps. <laughs> There's no shortcuts. I think. No, no it's, it's like, you know, I, th- I thought I had it all figured out when I was young and and I was always looking for the shortcuts, I think. But, you know, on this fact-finding mission. And and it's only just like, and it's just, I can't even begin to say how much, like how important having patience is during this thing because you can't just swipe right on it and get it. Um, it's like, you're not just going to get that match and it's, and it's not going to happen for you. It's like, unless you do it through 
I guess, you know, an out-of-body experience. However, you cultivate that through deep meditation or through breath work or through, um, you know, plant medicine or whatever. But, you know, or just going through a course, going through like someone else's mind, someone else's program and like immersing yourself and then coming out the other end. Yeah, it's... um. Yeah, I, I believe I lost the thread on what I was saying there, but <laughs> it, it, there, there, there are no shir- there are no shortcuts. It, this type of work is life changing, and it requires a commitment mm. because you can be inspired for. And, and I don't actually don't I don't want to d- define people and say it with a fixed opinion, but in my experience and the people that I've advocated. It's like dieting. It, I'm super motivated. I'm going to clean up my diet. I'm going to lose. They lose five pounds. And then slowly the, 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 the noise comes back and they have not made it a habit yet. And they start to get tested and all these, all, all of a sudden the, the, the path they're on, the, the signs start to change and they can lose their attention, right? The, in my experience and having seen people perform this to change their lifestyle, it, it takes a commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't need to be long, but any type of decision is going to be beneficial. The longer you do that, the more you're going to change the neurons in your brain, right? I mean, this is, you know, the same thoughts lead to the same choices, to the same actions and behaviors, to the same experiences, to the same lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. And changing that, you know, with the new thoughts, right? As removing the noise that you've never had before, wiring the brain differently lead to new choices and new actions and behaviors and a new lifestyle. And that type of contrast takes time. Um, and if you commit to it every day, every week builds on itself. And that's what I said, all of a sudden you're like, I I'm, I'm literally changing my life. Mm. Uh, I don't have a, a prescription time, you know, but uh, if somebody is truly committed, I've seen it happen in weeks and I've mm. seen it happened in years. Um, you know, but like any habit, it generally takes six weeks to kind of reestablish a new habit. Mm. That's not long at all. And um, I highly recommend pe- the listeners and anyone that's interested in this, just applying it and seeing it and feeling it and then saying, you know, I'm committing to it. Mm. So tell me, Ryan, what, what do you, um, what's your like? peak performance habit what, what's your peak performance habit so what are you using right now to like program yourself like what you know yeah. little hacks or tools or whatnot and um and then tell us where people can find you on the interwebs sure um i've changed my morning routine um drastically over the years for me that has been um the biggest change for me i used to get up and turn on the tv and i get on my phone and check my email i'm very very busy i have two businesses and, you know, what, what did I miss? And, and so um, realizing that that is a crucial time and I'm an early riser. I get up very, very early. And so I've just slowly removed those habits. So I wake up and um, I just kind of sit, <laughs> I mean, I sit for five or 10 minutes. Um, I have a little coffee or tea. Um, and then I don't touch my phone at all. I go right in and I do a meditation. My meditation can be as short as 10 minutes and as long as an hour, but average is maybe like 20 minutes. And I, you know, I, I check my stats. I use a ring and I look at my heart rate variability and I look at my heart rate and I kind of like 
gamifying it. It's what I use in my program too, is just kind of seeing stats. Yeah. And sometimes I do guided and sometimes I do music and sometimes I just sit. Uh, but I have a designated place in my house and it's when it's summer, um, you know, I, I go into a, a place outside and I, and so I, um, I find, um, I find a spot in my head, um, for clarity. So I move, I'm trying to move into alpha, right? I'm trying to move my brain into alpha and theta and, and, and expand my level of consciousness and what, and I am, so that I also say I was, I'm an ADD kid. I mean, I was the one moving around all the time and, and teacher putting me aside. So uh, and you would have said meditation 20 years ago, I would have laughed at you. Cause so that's not, that's not me. Right. That, but when you train your mind, when you can train your mind to recognize that thoughts are coming in, you just move them out and you go back to a breath and you go back to just feeling what your body's doing. You get better and better and better at it. And the purpose is not to become a good meditator. It's to be, it's to establish these things that then you use throughout your day to create this buffer as to remove a, an emotional reflex that you have to some type of neurologic trigger. I mean, that's, that's what we do. We, we are nothing but consciousness and all this information coming in all this and we are reacting to it. And so meditation for me has allowed this buffer to occur where I can find myself reacting to it in the old way. And then I just move it the different way. So for me doing that in the morning has been huge. And then I write down, usually one or two intentions. It's not a to-do list. It's an intention, a personal intention about where I know where I can improve myself mentally Mm -hmm. and emotionally. Um, And I I document them. I write them down. Um, And then, you know, I, after that I do, you know, for me physically, um, you know, I do about 20 minutes of of flexibility and mobility. I get on a foam roller and I I stretch Mm -hmm. and I open my shoulders and I open Mm -hmm. my back. Um, and then I, I work out pretty hard for, you know, 30 minutes and I take my dog on a hike or I, I change up my movement all the time. And that's kind of my routine before I have to come back and help with the family, help with the kids, and then, you know, eventually get to work. Um, so, you know, my morning routine, my morning habits have mm. shifted over the years and really sets the tone for me. And then a little earlier than that is I've really prioritized sleep. Um, if the sleep is impaired, um, the body is impaired straight up. I mean, they're, they're very clear with the, the, how important deep sleep is. And if, if you're doing something, you know, three hours before bed that negates or inhibits your ability to get into deep sleep and then eventually into REM sleep, you're coming out of that neurologically impaired and your immune system is off and your hormones are off. And so I know this was a simple, simple question and I, it could go on forever, right? But sleep in the morning routine for me has set the tone for the rest of my day. And I just feel like, um, like I'm on this path and I get pulled off and then I, I get back on it. And then I reflect at night. I reflect and I write in, in a, um, I just document a gratitude, what I'm grateful for mm. to reflect on it and to, to download that right software before I go to bed. And these are, these are simple, simple things. I'm not, I'm not really asking any of my patients or anyone listening to do crazy things. It's just, uh, it's just reprioritizing, changing things. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I can see why. Yeah. Having good sleep. Like me, it's the morning now. I just had my morning routine before this call. So I'm like reflecting on it going, 
wow, I could like optimize this bit, that bit, this bit. I'm like going on this like mental exploration with you, like, and, and really like, all right, cool. I can get this dialed in a lot better. That's what I was just thinking. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) thanks for sharing. Yeah, of course. I, you know, um, we all can, I mean, we can all improve and the goal is not to put too much pressure and stress yourself. Making these changes takes time. It took me and it's still taking me (laughs) many, many years. Um, but when you're, like I said, when you're committed and you kind of write it down and you have a a clear path on it, Mm. you just, you know, and the power of habits that, you know, habits, it's, it's, I mean, really what is a healthy lifestyle? It's, it's really the, the, the gross number of the decisions and habits and rituals we have, are they serving or are they non-serving, right? If over time your rituals and your habits are good and they help you restore yourself, your lifestyle in general is good. If it's the opposite, it's a bad lifestyle. So can, we, we, you know, we can slowly shift. It doesn't go from here to there for me or for many people, hmm. I've maybe seen a couple people, but they're special, (laughs) but you know, it it just takes, it takes doing this and realizing it and appreciating it. So for, to your point, um, you know, just, you know, if you want to add one of those things, just in your mind, set something up in one area and you don't even have to do it the next day, just set it up there. And you'll go out there and be like, Oh, I'm getting closer to making that happen. And don't try to maybe do it for 50 minutes when just go there and do it for five minutes the next day. It's, there, there are some really cool strategies for changing one's lifestyle that does not feel overwhelming. Mm. Amazing. And I think that's, that's really what we got to do is because the rest of the world is right now. It's so overwhelming. It's time to pull back some of that time and attention and give it back to ourselves because this is the, the, the frequency generator of the whole aware, the whole experience. Yeah. And there's this, I guess, if we go one step further, there's like this cyclopic machine that is like trying to siphon out all this energy from us and and, yes. plant, and plant its ideas and ambitions into our minds so that it's creating through us. <laughs> so yeah, look yes, at the world we're living in now. <laughs> yep. It, it, it's, an, it's, uh, it's a challenge, right? I mean... Social media and media, mm. media in general, and look at social media. I don't know if you've seen the social dilemma. That's an interesting movie. Um, you know, I'm not saying all social media is bad, but um, if there's no filter and you're absorbed by it and you're listening to all this, it, it makes what I'm trying to advocate very, very hard. So, mm. um, you know, one step to, to disconnect goes a long way. Awesome. So where, where can people find you, Ryan, and what's on the horizon for you? You know, um, you know, I guess piggybacking off what I just said, you know, I've, um, I don't really do a lot of social media. My, um, you know, we have some exciting things coming in that we're doing, um, for events. And so I was told that I need an Instagram presence. (laughs) So, you know, I just put things on there every once in a while and I have somebody kind of hashtag and do, uh, but I don't spend really any time doing it. Um, but I met Dr. Ryan Lazarus. That's my, what is that handle? Is that they, what they yeah. call it? Handle. At, at um, yeah. And, um, I don't have a lot of content, but you know, it's that's, kind of, that's how we I'm met. About. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, you have a great, I, I love your Instagram, um, powerful, meaningful, um, applicable. So yeah, 
good job on that. Um, I'm on, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn and then, you know, my, my website is LazarusWellness.com. So those are usually the three places that people can contact me or look. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, um, thanks for jumping in, in on this conversation, Ryan. And, and, um, you know, helping us to, you know, navigate this whole experience and, you know, and optimize where we can, you know, in the most appropriate ways that we can while we're doing it. So we're not creating more stress and anxiety as we go through this journey of, you know, becoming more of ourselves. So really appreciate you jumping on the, um, on the podcast with me. Thanks for listening to the quantum feedback podcast. For more information about the Quantum Feedback Framework, for more information about this episode and the references and resources and links, go to quantumfeedback.org forward slash podcast.